millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Tyler Tsaitis. I'm Kelly Sinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com If you didn't know him for the first time and you see this kid sitting in the corner like flicking matches, you'd think he's a pretty strange dude anyway. But I mean, that's just Ian. And I think we all got very used to a lot of the stuff that in retrospect maybe were, were signals of a more extreme mental issue. Being an artist and being in a band is so tough. And, and you've got to deal with some real pressures. You couldn't help but be excited to be part of it. You know, they, they were tiny when we signed them. So now imagine that scenario that me and Ian Miles are in Hollywood, actual Hollywood, which is the, the hilarious uh, kind of bumper sticker of everyone who's ever sold out. <laughs> I live just off of Hollywood Boulevard and walked around the corner with my wife to go to the Mexican food place and bumped into Will and Ian on Hollywood Boulevard. He was carrying all of the guilt of Ian. He blamed himself for everything that happened to Ian. And at that point, I was like, what the fuck is going on, dudes? Like, yeah, I didn't end up going back. It's just hard to know, isn't it? It's just hard. It's just like a... Because it's hard to know what you'd want if you were in that situation, isn't it? I was trying to keep the show together. Me and Will went to a place called the Magic Castle. You might have seen it on the show Us, but it's you can only go there by invite. It's up on a hill here in Hollywood. There's no photos allowed in there, and it is just this building full of magicians and wonder, right? It was uh, an incredible night. We really had a brilliant laugh. And we went out so that he could have a cigarette, uh, and it was the closest I saw to the damn burst with him with all the pressure that he had going on and that afternoon he'd written all my friends that ends the record on a piano and he played it to me on an iphone i ordinarily insist upon like nope i don't want to hear it until it's finished like i don't want to have any input this is your work all the rest of it but he was so i wouldn't maybe struggling he you could tell something was definitely up and um, he played me the, the song As You Hear It on the record, written that afternoon. Um, and I think it's one of the most poignant moments I've had uh, in my life in music. Because the song's wonderful, 
they're two people that I've got so much love for and it's it's as real as real gets that song uh, and that moment was part of it so it did get heavy you know there's one song in particular that really just tears me up every time I hear it and it's it's all my friends and it's funny it was it, it's a song that Will wrote um, you know probably in about 45 minutes you know he was just sort of out in the live room we've got this old beat up uh, upright piano out there and he was just kind of playing along on it and um, you know he's like ah you know I don't, I don't know I, you know I don't know I don't know if we should put this on the record and I, I just looked at him and I said are you out of your fucking mind this song is incredible this is so good I mean that's what I love about Will as a lyricist is that you know he'll he'll just flow um and it comes quickly and it comes in bursts and you have to be willing to to capture it a, a, a lot of times you know with the vocals on the record you know some of the takes that are the final takes are some of the early takes you know fresh off will having written it uh let's okay this sounds cool man let's record it there's a certain you know energy and vibe you get when it's fresh and it's you know the song has just entered the room and you've met it for the first time and it's it's time to capture it take its photo you know get a picture um but will yeah i mean he's just he's great and he's very courageous writer because he's willing to laugh at himself he's very flexible you know he's not uh i think that's a good trait for a songwriter is you've got to be really passionate about what you're doing but you have to have to also have to be flexible. You know, you have to be willing to to say, all right, you know what? It's not as good as I thought it was on second thought. Um, you also have to be willing to just put something really personal in there. I mean, just really expose yourself as a human being and be all right with that. You know, that's um, that's something else he's good at. But yeah, he's he's brilliant, man. He's just such a great, great writer. Really fun to work with. He kept writing ballads, but he didn't want ballads. Um, but it was just all that kept coming out every time he got into the studio. And, and he knew that there's a certain uh, punk rock energy in Creeper. And, and it's in its roots and it's, its core DNA. And he needed that. And he knew the fans needed that and the record needed it. Um, so he was the one getting frustrated about all of the ballads, but he was the one writing them. So uh, we kind of hit an impasse and every night we'd talk about it and I'd be like, that song was great. He was like, but it's a ballad. I was like, well, stop writing fucking ballads then. I mean, to me, it seemed like a pretty easy solution. Um, but I think he was just, he was struggling to find that hook, that, that foundation to kind of jump off and um, kind of take, take the rock sound, the heaviest sound of Creeper into a new place. And, um, yeah, and Cy and I definitely felt like that. My, um, my relationship was falling apart. Yeah, it, 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 it had fallen apart for a while. Um, I just, uh, I just didn't want to be there at all. Didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there at all. I wanted to be anywhere but there. And I, I, I loved hanging out with Zandy. And he was amazing. He was so zen. He was so, he chilled me out. But I just, uh, I just felt really hopeless. 
And I was really drifting. And my home life was uh, was a disaster. And so, uh, so it became a really difficult thing to do. There was just times when I, w- I would go into the studio and I would sit down for the day at like, it would be a, a late start. It would be like a 10 a.m. start. And I'd sit there and I would be shaking while I sat there. And they'd let me go home like, like at 10 a.m. They go, you're not be able to work today. And it was costing a fortune for me to be there. My best friend wasn't there. He would have been able to sort that in instant. He he would have picked a guitar up and and, and had started to write and would have covered me. And my personal life was in a complete state of disrepair. It was a complete disaster. I was under a lot of pressure and I almost uh, I almost completely broke it was, it was a very difficult thing and so that that happened a few times where like uh, I have to go home truth is it was no one's fault but mine my relationship was was uh, in a massive mess I was very 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 unhappy um, after my mum's partner had died uh, it made me reflect on a few things and um, I was extremely unhappy I was very 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 unhappy um, I was in a corner I was in a real, a real corner and Ian wasn't there as he had been the times before to kind of say the right thing and kind of be there as, as a friend and it wasn't his fault but I was kind of on my own. I kind of had my safety net taken away from me, and um, I couldn't, I couldn't function anymore. You know, like I'm not like a, a bad person, but I, I I felt like a bad person every day. I felt like a really really awful person every day. And so, how do you sit down to try and start to write when you feel feel like that every day? How do you start writing songs, like? It was impossible. I didn't even have the first chord because Ian wasn't there to play it. It was cyanide, I think. I think it was cyanide. Like uh, I was trying to um, suppress how I felt for somebody else, and um, it was one morning in uh, in Los Angeles where my manager happened to be over, and he walked me with me to get some breakfast uh, to a place called Waffle. Put itself sunset opposite where Amoeba, Amoeba Music used to be. And I sat there with him, very frustrated. And he was, he's, he's an angel. My, my manager has been um, a godsend to me. He's like one of the most important people in my life. His name is Ian Dickinson. And um, I sat there across from him and I said, Ian... I can't write anything. I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. Took his knife and fork and started eating his food. And I took a sip of my coffee and I would drink black coffee every morning. And it was almost like magic. Out of nowhere, T-Rex came on. And I remember putting my coffee down immediately and saying to him, dude, 
This is Creeper. Creeper is a British, a British glam rock band. That's what we've always been. And he looked at me in the eye and he, he went, then go and fucking do it then. <laughs> and I never forget that. To me, uh, and I think to the others close to the record, we, we'd been impressed with the quality kind of almost from the get-go. I mean, it was really exciting. It was Creeper, Creeper 2.0, the Creeper that I, where I, I always imagined that they could go and, and they were going there. And, and that was really exciting. But I think, I don't think Will had really nailed what it was he was trying to achieve yet. And I think that was the changing point. I think with Cyanide and then Annabelle and then Napalm Girls and Be My End, where he found this balance of um, taking all of the DNA of, of, of Creeper and Creeper from the beginning, all the dark romance and everything, um, but spinning it in a new way and, and referencing things that, that just aren't, aren't widely referenced. I mean, whether it's like Roy Orbison, Proto Men, Sway, putting this all together, he, he's pulling from all these places that most people aren't, and uh, and obviously putting his own his own very unique twist on it. Just be this constant flow of, of tracks coming backwards and forwards, which is really fantastic, really great writing process and, and some amazing stuff. And then and then we get Cyanide, and it's something completely different uh, for Creeper but it kind of almost was perfect Creeper at the same time because it's so theatrical um, and it has some amazing influences. You know, there's definitely some Bowie in there and Beatles, things like that. But then you just hear that chorus and the minute you hear that chorus, it's just like, wow, it just takes you to that other place. It's so big. And uh, yeah, just remember getting through and then as you went through the next couple of days, anyone that, that came into the office just saying, hey, you gotta hear this track, it's so amazing. Uh, and it wasn't finished even, it was, it was. I mean, it was pretty far along on what they'd done, but it just felt straight away they've written this really, really amazing tune. And it was a great track to really, I guess, frame the rest of the album around. I think that's what made the most sense about it because it told, it, it it kind of moved Creeper into having that real artistic side outside of the punk stuff that they've been doing before, but still had that huge chorus, which everyone knows them for. So I think it it really connects two parts of the album for me. It was amazing because that getting out there and doing that session that that Cyanide was recorded in, and actually my favourite my favourite song on the record is Paradise, and that was written and recorded. Uh, were written, sorry, during that same cyanide session, and um, and to and, and to think that session almost didn't happen because obviously Ian, Ian being hospitalised and and Will's mum losing her fiance literally days before he was he was about to get on the plane. Um, those songs never would have happened, and I mean, when when we got the track back in January. Um, it was early January, I remember, because it was super grey, and I had it on in my car driving for a wedding. And uh, I just just had it on repeat. I just kept. I, I think I needed as much reassurance as anyone at that time. I just kept turning to my wife, and I kept saying, I was like, this is fucking great, isn't it? I mean, like, I really love this. This is really special. 
and um, and the everyone at the label started getting really excited about cyanide and and anyone who kind of con came in contact with it did and yeah it, it, it felt like a real moment I think I think everybody needed it I think everybody needed to to remember that there was something really exciting happening here and cyanide was it came at just the right time I think we all needed it to keep everybody going Will had been there on his own for I think it was like three weeks when I got there I just remember Will being like thank god you're here because it's been really hard like being here on my own it was a funny time like um Will was going through his own personal battles and uh I was to some extent so my mum has had cancer twice and uh like she's she's all right now but um for me i've always been very good at compartmentalizing my feelings uh which isn't always the best option because they kind of start creeping out of the box eventually and to see will in the position that he was in with what he was going through um we both really opened up to each other there was this swinging seat outside the studio under these trees and we would I'd given up smoking at this point, but Will would always be out there like chain smoking cigarettes and drinking scotch, and I was there drinking scotch, trying not to, uh, trying to resist chain smoking cigarettes. For me, just to look back on everything that I have been through in the last few years, everything that my mum has been through in the last few years, and it was just a bit of a, a personal reflection on what I've been through and come out of it was quite an emotional time but I, I really miss it like I, I feel very nostalgic for the time that we spent there Will and I were a few scotches deep we were in in the studio at Wax and we did that chorus and the God can't save us and let's live like sinners and the the, the top bit the really high let's live like sinners is it's the it's me and Will and um, Redder who is a producer at Wax and that nearly killed me, like singing that bit. But I, when I listened to it, I'm like, yes, like I put everything into that. I actually got really sick from that. I was coming down with the flu and jet lag and I I didn't actually blow my voice out, but like that was enough for my, I was so tired. My body was like, oh my goodness. But when I listened back to it, I'm like, I put everything into that and I can hear it. And I love listening to that song because it just reminds me of that, like how much I gave to that song by the end of the process the the writing process um for the record in general trying a bunch of stuff that didn't pan out or didn't feel right for now um obviously going through everything that will was going on in his personal life everything with ian and then just those those kind of long months being being in la uh, I mean, by the by the time he he came back from that final trip, I mean he was just done. He he was exhausted, and thankfully it kind of coincided with with the return of of Ian Miles. I mean Ian Ian was still in recovery, but was in a great place. Maybe when I think back now, probably the best place I've ever actually known him because I guess he'd been getting the help that he needed, and. Um, and there was still so much tracking that had to be done, uh, and and all of the all of the little all of the little things needed to be done, and um, and Ian just he just stepped in and he took control of it, and um, 
he he put in some amazing shifts in London. I mean, he was he was in a travel lodge just by the by the studio, and and he would he would be the constant. So Ian Ian was the one there. So Ian would go in at weeks at a time, and uh, the guys would come in and do their part uh, with Ian. And um, yeah, he just he held it all together. He held it all together at a time where I think Will needed to go away and Will needed to Will needed to focus on himself for a minute, as well as for Will. I mean, the job just never stops. So for Will, he's then having to to think about videos and artwork and everything else. And during that time, Ian just it was amazing. I mean, to go from where he had been in such a short period of time to then overseeing this huge and complex record in London and I mean he jumped at it and it was amazing it was really amazing to see Hospital for me was a break like it was a forced break granted but it was still a break and Will needed a break so he kind of handed the reins over to me and he was like hey dude please like just do do the record like do what you need to do because they had the demos recording recorded in LA and some of the demos ended up being like the full versions of songs on the record. But we needed to obviously get the band recording on the record because at, at that point it was just me and Zandy and Will on the record. So yeah, that was the beginning of the London sessions. Um, so Will had some rest time. I took over um, and I had to organise these sessions in London with uh, this guy called Rich who was like... He was so sweet and he was so talented. Like, he won an award for working on a Radiohead record. I've forgotten the name of the award. But yeah, it was, uh, the dude was great. I loved him. I loved working with him. And I was like, the way we worked it was I would go and stay in London. We would have like two weeks here, three weeks here, two weeks here. I would stay there the whole time and we would rotate who else in the band was going to come. So I'd like have three days with Ollie where we'd work through guitar, three days with Sean where we do bass, three days with Hannah where we go through like backing vocals and keys. Um, and that like, for me, that I have really, I was talking to Kat about this earlier on, I have really, really fond memories of that. Like that was so, that was more of a break for me than Hospital was. Because I was staying up in London, like I had my best friends coming in to record music with me on rotation so I got to hang out with them all the time like I was going out and eating out every night like having pizza like having burgers having like all this nice food and just like getting time to myself to wander around London you know like sometimes you just need to walk around and like take it in like the the atmosphere of the city and like the the people and the lights and the sounds like I was locked back into the record and we were all doing it together at that point. There was a real sense of unison at that point. And that felt, that felt really, really nice. Like things were finally coming back together. In hindsight, me and Will talk about this all the time. We fully believe that this record is cursed. Like the, the, the sex, death and the infinite void curse. Like that, that's what we call it, the creeper curse. So much, so much stuff happened whilst, I know it was granted it was a long period of time, but so much horrible stuff happened whilst it was going on. To come out of a situation like that, where all that chaos happened, and to have a product like this, despite the challenges, despite all of the challenges, uh, to be finished with this one complete piece of art 
that tells that story in a narrative fashion and sonically is it's a beautiful thing like honestly it's a beautiful thing um and it's nice kind of occasionally hard to listen to but rewarding because i can hear where i was i can hear where will was and i can look back on that uh, objectively and think wow like we have come so far since that point like everything crumbled absolutely everything crumbled to the point where creeper wasn't going to be a thing um just because so much stuff was happening and then out of the rubble comes this record and i'm so proud of it and it's really really reflects everything that was happening but in a positive light and um like i said occasionally it it takes me back to like a point where things were tough but it also reminds me of how far we've come and like how positive everything is now and how we're all unified again and like oh god it just feels so good right now i mean we wouldn't be where we are now about zandy barry without a shadow of a doubt i think if you're gonna have good art if you're gonna have good music if you're gonna call it as such there has to be just a throbbing sense of humanity in it you know and and these songs are that way i think they're you know there's a lot of different interesting songs i think they're about you know kind of smashing through barriers uh dealing with the limitations that you find yourself placed in the constraints the human spirit does not like to be <laughs> as the world is finding now quarantined you know it doesn't like to be cooped up it's very difficult to ask that of human beings and i think you know those those guys i mean the whole band you know they they really live the life they walk the walk you know there's really no daylight between them as human beings and the conviction in their music we had a few people around the studio that were very much a part of the record you know um Walla Gale my partner he mixed a couple things on the album at Wax um Retta you know our our trusty engineer producer he was a big part of the record Mackenzie uh she handles a lot of our stuff at Wax and um i it just everyone had the same agreement you know uh it just like this is incredible there's a lot of songs on the album that really make you feel that way they just take you to this super extreme emotional place and it's just it's exhilarating it's a world to dive yourself into and we just had a lot of talented people around to help out you know i did a lot of the orchestrations with my good friend tim williams he's a incredible film composer that's done you know all kinds of stuff you know guardians of the galaxy what not he's he's a good friend and uh, but there was just this infectious like hey i'm working on this record this is totally insane you want to work on it with me and people would be like yeah yeah let's do something you know so it's totally contagious for me i just sort of came to the conclusion with the band it's like look if we're going to do this we're going straight to the moon or we're leaving a massive burning crater in the earth there are no stops that have not been pulled out to make this thing just an epic awesome 
landscape of just incredible music. You know, just just the sounds, the songs. Will, I think, as a singer, you know, I think he pushed himself, or allowed himself to be pushed, or found himself, you know, in places he had never even gone before. Um, I think that's true of everyone in the band, um, and certainly myself. I mean, I I really tried to push the creative limits of what was possible. And so I am just so excited about this album when we got it done. I mean, it's just, it's one of those records that you're going to keep listening back to and it's never going to sound dated. It's just so fresh. It's so, it's so brilliant, you know, and those guys really deserve the credit for as artists, just taking it there, you know, and not all artists can do that. And Creeper did. I think in one of the Star Wars movies, one of the recent ones, there's a moment where they take C-3PO apart and his wires are just kind of everywhere. And it's like, oh, God, oh, God, they're never going to get him back together. That's sort of how this record was. Uh, I mean, we had so much of it recorded in different places at different times. And at a certain point, because of the budget sort of running out. I mean, you got to remember this, this album was designed to, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's designed to bankrupt record labels, to put studios out of business, to drive people to the end of their sanity and completely lose it and possibly, you know, uh, just, just not be able to, you know, go produce records again. I mean, that's, there were so many parts that had to be sort of assembled. We had orchestrations going on all around the planet. And I mean, there was just all these pieces. So, I mean, there is definitely a place, I I think over Christmas break, I was working on some, uh, some string arrangements and, you know, and, and just uh, kind of losing my mind a bit and being okay with that because I knew that the complexity of it all just, was worth it and we and we had to get it done we had to get it done it just had to come out it had to be we had to finish this incredible crazy thing me and will talk about it all the time and i just think it's crazy when you've got i mean obviously every creeper record is written with a narrative in mind but actually this one has a a real life narrative that's just as fucking crazy if not crazier than than the story so now i've survived it it's a lot of fun and I look back at it all and smile but yeah it, it was it was crazy sometimes like when you spent a long time and you've been through a lot trying to make a record I mean making most records isn't easy anyway I mean there's always something there'll be time issues um, budget issues creative issues um, labels bands butting heads whatever it is it's never it's never straightforward even even the easy ones aren't easy um, and I mean, sometimes after you've spent a long time making a record, um, you find that you don't necessarily want to revisit that very quickly. But the, the weirdest thing to me is I've wanted to listen to this album the entire time. I mean, I listen to it nonstop and I have done since the second I got it. And I mean, to me, that says a lot about the record itself. This is a record about falling in love with someone you shouldn't. This is a record about working out who you really are. This is a record about friendship. This is a record about keeping going despite 
everything else in the world telling you to stop. This is a record about persistence. This is a record about teamwork. This is a record about not being a good collaborator. This is a record about being a good collaborator. This is a record about the last five years of my life. This is sex, death, and the infinite void. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Tyler Tzedas. I'm Kayla Sinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.